Hey, nice to meet you. My name is Kira, and I am an assistant pastor here at Coast. And um, I'm a self-professed grammar nerd. Are there any grammar nerds here? Yeah, come on. So uh, to the point where I read books about grammar and punctuation, just for fun. While recording. Uh, I'm so in our church office, I'm often giving advice about uh, yeah, grammar or syntax or flow, punctuation. Um, and I give this advice um, freely. It's very rarely requested <laughs> or even desired, but I still give it. Um, and that was why I think if you were around a little while ago, we did the Welcome to Coast Cards, and there was a little typo on it, and I was devastated. That was like my worst nightmare. And I sent an email out to the whole church, just um, head in my hands. Um, so we're very passionate about not having typos in our stuff. So if you see one, please let us know. And now I'm really nervous about my slides. <laughs> but um, one of the reasons that I love getting into punctuation, and I think it's important, is that if you get grammar wrong or get punctuation wrong, you can end up saying something that you're not intending to say. And a, a pretty classic example was this sentence here, right? I love cooking, my dogs, and my family. It takes on a very different meaning when you make it I love cooking my dogs and my family. <laughs> Just take the comments out and the meaning changes a lot. Or another example which is quite famous as well. Let's eat, Grandpa. <laughs> changes when it's let's eat, Grandpa. <laughs> Um, it's not just in sentences like this. I love seeing signs where they've got their grammar wrong. Um, there's a bunch of funny ones around. I honestly, I was searching these up um, the other day for this and just speaking to myself. Um, so this one, if you can't see it, says, Toilet only for disabled elderly pregnant children. <laughs> That's way too much for a child to be taking. Um, this next one, your donation, oh thank you, your donation just helps someone. Get a job. <laughs> this next one was at a presentation. The average North American consumes more than 400 African. <laughs> and then finally, this is a church sign. I think they must have been doing a series on spiritual attacks, but wish it was a Sunday when Satan attacks. <laughs> uh, so, Punctuation and grammar, it's important. Um, and all of these illustrate that our words, the way we use them, it's limited, right? We, we pack meaning into words, and we try and get across what we're trying to say, but they don't always do a great job. And things get lost in translation at both ends, in the speaking and in the interpreting. Um, today, we're going to continue our series. We've been doing a post. It's called The Art of Living Well. And we've been going through the book of Proverbs, which is um, a collection of wisdom, these, these nuggets of truth, um, pointing us towards a life lived well. Um, there, I mean, in our day and age, there are more voices than ever that we hear from. Um, you can go on the internet and find as many opinions as you want to find. Um, you can go on Wikipedia, Facebook, people are going to air their own opinions in a lot of ways. But... The big areas where life can either go really well or it can go really bad, these, these big areas, they've been around for millennia. They haven't changed. And the wisdom that we can find in the book of Proverbs is just as for us today as it was back then. So if you were here last week, you would have heard Matt mention that the, the wisdom that we find in this book 
it's not it's not like rules about how things always work. There will always be exceptions. But these are kind of like they're kind of like statistically observed that things they'll tend to happen this way. They're they're more like general rules than promises. And it, it's not a guaranteed recipe for life going a certain way or avoiding pain. But the things that will be likely to lead you to a life that thrives. So a couple of weeks, Jacinda talked about relationships. If you're here for that, um, you would have heard that. If you weren't here, go and check it out on the website. And last week, Matt talked about books and what we do with money. And this week, we're going to look at speech. We're going to look at how the words that we say, um, the things that we uh, that, that come out of our mouth, how we can use that to live well. How do, we, how do we speak well? If we are living a life that is full and the picture that the Bible paints, how do we shape our words to do that well? So, don't worry, it's not going to be a grammar lesson. We're going to open up the book of Proverbs, but I'd just love to pray before we do. God, I thank you that you care about your people of knowledge. I thank you that you are a God that loves us and speaks love over us. And I pray, God, that today, in some way, you would, you would move and inspire each of us to speak in the way that you desire, in a way that honors you, in a way that brings life. So would you be here, God, and moving in my words as I share um, this morning? Would you turn it into something? Would you turn it into something that you Amen. So first, we have to start with this fact that our words are powerful. Our words have power. This is what it says in Proverbs chapter 12, 18. It says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. In chapter 15, verse 4, it says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. See, the things we say are powerful. They, they have the power to, to bring life. Or to get us into trouble. They have the power to build people up or to tear things down. They can bring joy or they can bring pain. Your words have impact. Has anybody ever said anything to you that has completely derailed your day, completely ruined your day? Have you ever received a phone call from a friend saying, you can do this, and it's really just put the wind in your sails? Have you ever spoken out in anger and said something that you really didn't want to say but it cut to the core of another person? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure we all have. Um, have you ever given good counsel to a friend when they're going through something tough? If you have, then you will know that the words we say can have a huge effect on our mental state, our physical state even, our emotional state, our spiritual state. We have the ability to speak life into those around us, and we also have the ability to do damage. Not only that, but the words we speak actually impact us too. So, it's important for us to speak well. It's important for us to learn to do this well. And the, the Bible actually talks about this a lot, and we're going to just focus in on what Proverbs has to say, and some of the wisdom there. Um, there's lots of metaphors that we find in the Bible, but I want to give you one today um, that I think paints this picture well, and it's that uh, of a hammer. So uh, a typical hammer, it has two parts to the claw. You've got, well, two parts to the head. It's got the claw, which you can use for 
demolition, pulling out nails, ripping stuff apart, and it's got the face of the hammer, which moves the banging nails in. So, run with my analogy, we're not saying that we're beating people with this hammer. Okay, so there's two parts to this hammer. And it's one tool. It's one tool, but depending on how it's used, it can either construct things, build things up, or it can demolish things, destroy and tear things down. And this is the thing, that we're not exclusively one or the other. All of us have the ability to use our words in either way. So, to demonstrate the fact that we have this ability, what we did this week, um, we just we shoulder tapped a couple of the kids from the church just to take with them an audio recorder and record all the conversations in a few families' households this week. And we got a transcript of those. <laughs> Now we didn't do that. What are you talking about? <laughs> really, that would be so illegal. But look, did, did a few of you manage just then? <laughs> so we all know that in public, in places like this, the church on a Sunday, we can say the right things. We can be the best people. But at home, it can be a different story. We all have this ability to build up or to tear down. And what determines if we're doing more building up or more tearing down? Well, the Bible and Proverbs is pretty clear about this, that our speech is connected to the state of our heart. What comes out of our mouth is an overflow from the heart. And this is an ungrateful connection. Proverbs 12, 23 says, The fool's heart blurts out folly. 16, 23 says, The hearts of the wise make their mouths prudent. There's this connection between our inner state and how we talk. And... Essentially, the words we speak are an overflow of whatever that inner state is. Um, later on in the Bible, Jesus says this in Luke 6, 45. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is for. So you can get this picture of an overflow. Um, it can be like a refreshing spring. Or it can be all the gunk and the mess in our heart that comes out. And just to give you a picture of this, maybe it's a bit hard to see. On the left, we've got a nice spring, fresh water in the forest. And on the right, I found a photo of an overflowing septic tank. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so. We can be like either of these, either fresh water that's uh, revitalizing gives life, or other stuff. <laughs> um, Isaac Newton famously thought, what goes up must come down, right? When talking about gravity. But for this, it's more like, what goes in must come out. What's inside must come out. Yeah. There's a gravity towards it. Um, so, I mean, take, for example, um, road rage. I'm sure that would be road rage. <laughs> But um, in the safety of people's cars when they're driving, they, all sorts of stuff just comes flying out of their mouths, and um, you feel like you can talk directly to other people without you know, them having to hear it. Um, or take, for example, online. If you go anywhere where you've got a comment section, you will find hatred. <laughs> you, this, there's something about the anonymity of the internet um, that people just feel like they can say this stuff, and you're like, man. Are these people that are walking on the street? Are, do these people actually live somewhere? And the thing is, people blame the internet or people blame cars, but that ugliness didn't come from nowhere. That, that was in there somewhere, and it just had a way of getting out. So when we talk about speech and we talk about words, it's a question of character. 
it's, it's a question of who we are at the core and who we're becoming. And so we're going to get into some real practical advice that we find in Proverbs. Um, but I just wanted to start here because we're not just trying to learn some surface level techniques or um, life hacks for, um, for speaking well um, that really leaves our core unchanged. Speaking well begins with being willing to address the issues of the heart. I mean, have you ever almost said something and just managed to stop yourself and it was a really ugly thing and you just kind of wonder, man, where did that come from? We can speak sometimes out of jealousy or insecurity, self-centeredness, hurt, resentment, and that comes through in what we say. And on the flip side, we can also speak out of joy and gratitude, um, contentment, and love. So in a way, when we're looking at speech, what we're looking at is uh, their symptoms, their, their side effects of whatever is going on in our internal condition. And that's why for today's talk, um, you are what you speak. Your words reflect the state of your heart. So we're going to take a look now just at a few ways that Proverbs talks about how we can build up or tear down. Okay, so there's that hammer thing coming up. There it is. All right. So we're going to talk about how we can, there's kind of two sides to each of these things that we're going to look at. Okay, so first, our words can cause damage to others. Our words can damage others. Uh, Proverbs 12, 18, which, we, uh, which I read before, it says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords. Um, 15, 4, a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Um, how many of you have siblings here? All right, all right, a few of you. If that's so, then you'll know that sometimes you say things and you intend for it to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted this thing. Um, that's not really what the author of this proverb is talking about here. It's talking about careless speech, that if we're kind of loose with what we say, that we can do damage to others, real damage. Um, often when people are tired, so say if you're up late at a camp, uh, their filters come off, right? And you just start saying all this stuff that you would never normally say. Um, and usually because you're so tired, everything seems hilarious. <laughs> and then the next day you try and think about what you said that was so funny, and it just sounds stupid. Um, but sometimes you can meet these people and it feels like their filters are permanently off. Yeah, it's like in charge of a country. they're careless and reckless with their words and anything goes. Um, and the thing is, if we're careless with our words, we will do damage to others. We can say cutting things to people that will go straight to an insecurity of theirs. And that's kind of like putting pressure on one of those pain points, right? If you've got a trigger point. Just getting right to the thing that will hit the most. Um, if we're careless, we can make sweeping statements about people. Um, you know, you never do anything here. You're always so lazy. Um, we can make value judgments on others, make them believe things about themselves that aren't true. Um, saying something like, you're not as bright as your brother, or you'll never be anything. Um, we can become natural at being crushing with our words if we feel. Proverbs 11, verse 9, it says, With their mouth, the godless destroy their neighbors. Their neighbors. And it is often those closest to us that get hurt when we're loose with our words. 
Proverbs, um, we're going to skim through these and run through them pretty quick because there's actually so much about speech in there. <laughs> you can go through them like verse after verse. Um, and in general, we know that, I mean, you shouldn't insult people to their face. I mean, <laughs> we're Kiwis, we don't do that a lot. But this, I wanted to pinpoint on, on reckless speech because sometimes unintentionally we can cause this damage to other people. Okay, but on the flip side, words can build others up. Um, 12, 18, it says, and this is a continuation of that verse we read before, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. 15, 4, the soothing tongue is a tree of life. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. That's from chapter 10, verse 11. And 12, 25, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. So we've got the opportunity to be agents of healing with our words. We can bring life with our words. And in Proverbs, it's not talking about flattery. Um, it's really clear that flattery, it's, it's a foolish way to talk. That's just giving people false praise. But but encouragement sometimes can be as simple as a kind word. I, I have a friend who, when I'm speaking here at Coast, um, they always send me a text beforehand just to say, you're going to do great. Um, and full disclosure, I get, I get pretty like stressed and uh, a little bit nervous about it in the week leading up to speaking. And they, that, that text, even though I know that it's coming, always is a bridge to me. Um, I, uh, it's, it's something really special. We can do that with text, or we can do it with our speech. We can bring encouragement to lift others up. When you want to be a person like that, someone who people said about you, the words you spoke are a tree of life. It's a fountain of life. Um, if you want to give good encouragement, um, here's a couple of things that I've learned. It, it helps to be, first of all, sincere, um, to, to be heartfelt, to, to actually take notice of the things that you're wanting to encourage the people. So saying to someone, hey, you're awesome. Um, well, that's kind of nice. That's not specific enough to really be an encouragement. Um, but if you pick up on something, um, something like, hey, I really appreciate the way you welcome me. It shows that you've noticed. It shows that you are speaking into the things that they're doing that they want. It can be, it's more effective if it's personal as well. Um, if you can say, you're a fantastic support person, you've really been there for me, and it's made a huge difference in my life, that can be really encouraging. Those are some little ways that you can speak to build other people up. Um, there's, a, there's an organization that a number of our people here work for, Olivia and uh, Rebecca and Liam. That's a youth organization in the East Coast base, and um, I get to hear a lot about it. Um, Rebecca, so I get to hear a lot of words. <laughs> But their youth organization, they work with at-risk youth, and um, these are kids who have um, the, I guess, the, the education system which works for the bulk of uh, kids these days, it, it actually hasn't worked for them, and in some ways has let them down. And so they need other ways to um, to be educated to make a to make a good start in life. And what they often encounter is that these kids have had words spoken over them that label them, that make them believe that they have not that much potential. And 
makes them believe that they are less than everybody else. And so the work that they get to do with that is speaking, speaking life, speaking about hope, about new opportunities, and saying like those things that people have spoken over you, they have to go in their power. They're not, they're not good. You do, you can do good. You, you just need to find another way, and we'll help you do that. And I just love that example of, of how language, about how speaking over someone can build them up, can dramatically turn their life around. And you don't have to be working for a youth organization to do this. You can do this with all the people around you, with the people closest to you. Um, so keep an eye out and use your words to build others up. Okay, another way that words can tear down is that words can bring trouble. Um, Proverbs 17 20 says, One whose tongue is perverse falls into trouble. 12 13 says, Evildoers are trapped by their simple talk. And so the innocent escape trouble. Talking, so talking in a rude or disrespectful or abusive way, it's a surefire way to experience trouble for yourself. Um, it's kind of like a person that they were driving to a job interview and they are in a hurry and they're running late, and so they scream obscenities at the driver who pulls in front of them, and then they turn up at the job interview. And that's, that's the interviewer that they just screamed on. It's kind of like that, that, that story. Um, or it's like the person who um, you know, accidentally pocket dials their best friend while just criticizing them and ripping them to shreds. Uh, sooner or later, if your talk is abusive or derogatory, it's going to catch up with you. And what's spoken in private always leaks into your public life. Um, for that verse that I read before, um, evil doers are trapped by their simple talk. Um, the Message Bible puts it this way, double talk leads to double trouble. I like that. And so, you know, the way that you talk at home, the way you talk to your spouse, the way you talk to your family, to your kids, to your parents, it matters. It matters. It will flow into the rest of your life. The way you speak to a stranger, it matters. It will flow into the rest of your life. And things have a habit of coming back around, especially in New Zealand, because it's such a small, such a small country. Um, I've, I've played in a band for um, about 15 years, um, and one of the things that we got to observe, uh, which was quite interesting, is you'd, you'd meet some bands, and they had a reasonable amount of success, and they would get into this habit of really just talking down other bands. So it's just like mocking them or um, critiquing them. And, you know, they would do that in a semi-private way, just keep you alongside and just say, oh man, can you believe you're doing that? Um, yeah, you're rubbish, whatever. But eventually, word got out. And that word got passed around, and their opportunities dried up very quickly. They burned bridges. And we can do this all the time. If you, if you get in the habit of talking badly about people, it will catch up with you. Some people get into trouble just because they like a good fight. Um, Proverbs 26, 21, it says, As charcoal to embers, and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person with kindling strife. Um, there's so many good words in that. Quarrelsome. Oh, that's great. But let's bring that back. <laughs> Being quarrelsome. Um, 16, 28, a perverse person stirs up conflict. Have you ever met someone like this? The stirrer. The person who likes to, to stir up a fight. They're not that fun to be around. 
And if you seem to experience more conflicts than what seems to be normal, you'll probably stir it. So the thing is, trouble follows argumentative people around. Um, and and um, look, it's fine to disagree with people. That's actually really helpful. But this is talking about people who have a default stance of being combative in conversation. That's not a recipe for living well. That's one way that your words can get you into trouble. There's another um, proverb here in 21 verse 9, and this is how it goes from the Bible. Better to live in a desert than with a quarrelsome and nagging wife. <laughs> so, I'm not, I'm not married, so this is a bit beyond my expertise. But um, put your hand up if you're married to someone who nags. <laughs> Almost put a few people out, a few people probably need to nag. Look, it doesn't matter if you're married or not, um, whether you're a husband or a wife, um, being quarrelsome and nagging is going to lead to trouble, and it's not going to make you pleasant to be around. Okay, on the flip side, our words can bring peace. Our words can bring peace. So, uh, Proverbs 15, verse 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. 26, verse 4 says, Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you will also be like him. See, arguments have this natural tendency to escalate, right? Um, they just stack step by step, and things get more and more intense until you're both shouting at each other, and you wonder how do we get there. But at any step of the way, we have the ability, with our words, to break that cycle. Um, and not talking about being soft or backing down all the time. It's about having a, a desire and a heart to bring peace rather than to stir up conflict. Another way to put it is that we get to set the temperature of the conversation. <laughs> so sometimes you can say, oh, look, we just, in the moment, uh, my temper flared up, and they were saying all these things, so I had no choice in how I responded. We do have a choice. Um, and it takes training and habit. So our words can bring peace. A gentle answer turns away wrong. I just wanted to talk for a second, because we're talking about speech here, and a lot of uh, people, a lot of Christians, by default, when we're talking about the words we say, they'll, they'll kind of, their thinking will go straight to swearing. What do we do about swearing? Um, and the, the, there's actually a modern trend that people... Um, some Christians, they find it kind of edgy, or, or they want to show that they're not so stuck up with rules, that, um, that they'll be quite loose with their language. And then people go looking for a rule in the Bible. They'll go looking and say, well, what can I say? What, what word is too far? <laughs> what, what is a swear word and what's not? Um, and there's a lot of good guidance in the Bible about this, but... In general, the Bible talks more about the heart than specific rules. More about the motive behind what we say than this is the line. Um, and Proverbs, it advises against foolish or perverse talk. So remember that out of the overflow of our hearts, the mouth speaks. So if you're wondering this question, like, what can I get away with saying? Maybe we're asking the wrong question here. What, what state of my heart is, are my words reflecting? 
And and the truth is, some words are just designed for destruction, for 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 withdrawal. That's their only purpose. And if that is, um, then you should ask yourself, why am I wanting to why am I wanting to use this? There's nothing there's nothing magical about those words that tell like this is it and now you're gonna be now you're gonna be out and going crazy. It doesn't work like that. But is your heart wanting to build up or is your heart wanting to be down? Okay, I'll leave that there. So another way that words can tear down, um, words can erode trust. Words can erode trust. 1628 says troublemakers start fights, gossips break up friendships. 1113, a gossip betrays a confidence. So, uh, definition of gossip, I looked it up, it said, idle talk about the personal affairs or private matters of another person. Idle talk, um, which basically just means it has no real importance or significance. Um, the first thing that pops to mind um, is the Kardashians. Like, why do we even know who they are? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, that's all I want to say about that. Um, but <laughs> I don't thought no real meaning or significance. It's just more for the sake of it and about other people. And the truth is, there's something there's something kind of indulgent about doing this. Um, there's something that like scratches an itch. I don't know why this is. Um, Proverbs 18 verse 8 says the words of a gossip are like choice mortal. Choice mortal. There's something delicious about them, but not in a good way. In, in that kind of sickly sweet kind of way. Um, so something about talking about other people feels good to us, but you know what it actually does? It, it actually wears away trust for us as a safe person with other people. So if you talk to another person, um, if you talk to someone about another person behind your back, all you're doing is proving to them that you're willing to do the same thing. You're giving them evidence to suggest that you're not a safe person. It may feel good at the time, but it, it just doesn't work it. And you don't want to get into the he said, she said game. And, and at, at times, I mean, in, in our roles as um, pastors um, and leaders, sometimes we have to talk about the real things that are going on. Um, but you need to be honest about the motives of why you're talking about that. Verse, oh, chapter 10, verse 18 says, Whoever conceals hatred with lying lips, and spread slander is a fool. Um, <laughs> and in Proverbs, whenever they talk about a fool, um, they're not talking about like, oh man, you're kind of funny, or oh, that's a pretty uh, funny way to live. They're saying it's dumb. It's a dumb way to live. Don't live that way. And so they're saying, whoever spreads slander is a fool. Um, slander is a word that we don't use that often. Um, to the point where I actually, for, for ages, I thought it said slander. Is there anyone else who pronounced it slander? Yeah, a few people. Yeah, I said that in um, the office the other day, and Matt said, oh, you're talking Australian. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. Slander, slander, whatever way you take it. But the definition of slander is, is making a false claim or, or false statement about someone that's damaging to their reputation. So, saying something false that's damaging to their reputation. Um, that's, that's different to what I, I had understood. I, I didn't know that it was specifically talking about things that are false. Um, so you might be thinking, oh, well, if, as long as I make sure that the things that I say about people are true behind their backs, <laughs> then it's okay. Well, no. It's uh, saying, even if you didn't come up with it, helping to spread slander is a foolish way of living life. 
this, uh, the safest and wisest way to talk about someone is just to check if you'd be willing to be with your hair. That's just it's the safest way to talk about it. Okay, on the flip side, words can build trust. Okay, words can erode trust, but words can build trust. Um, 11 13 says, A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. And it's as simple as doing the opposite. If you keep your word, if you keep people's confidence, it will build trust. It will put that, it will raise your account with them in terms of being trustworthy and a safe pair of hands. Because uh, do you know how how people's private stories get leaked? Do you know how people's secrets get revealed? What usually happens is someone will say to their close friend, um, "Here's what's going on. Um, tell them, tell them the whole." Um, spiel, and then they'll say, well, it's really, really confidential, so please don't tell anyone. And they say, yeah, 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 of course, I wouldn't tell anyone. But then that person has their one really close friend. They're like, look, I'm going to tell you this about this person, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> it's super confidential. I'm not even supposed to be telling you this. And that's when they go, oh, no. <laughs> And then that person has their one friend that they tell, and so on and so on. And before you know it, words up. Um, churches are pretty, um, they, there's not a great track record for this. So if you want to maintain, maintain trust and, and build relationships, you need to be a safe person with private use. You need to honor the confidence that people put in. And it's one of the simple, simplest ways to honor and respect um, people who have trusted you with their private world. One other thing that we can do to build trust is just simply to speak well of others behind your back. <laughs> to make our default that we speak well of each other. Um, some, you could call this in a way good gossip, even though there's no such thing. Um, sometimes, I don't know if you've ever been to a funeral where you hear that this person, they never had a bad thing to say about anyone else. Um, and even though it's probably not true. Um, when I hear that, I'm like, man, that's the sort of person I want to be. That the default for me was that I spoke well of people. And the things that I chose to say built people up. So, can we do that? Let's make an effort to speak well of people. Um, let's make an effort to speak well of other churches. Let's make an effort to speak well of our friends and our enemies. Okay. Words can push people away. Some of 